I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Oh, we're on. Oh. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> And welcome back to Bretton Cliff Flea Circus. I'm very surprised and confused, Cliff. You certainly are. You've got a new computer, haven't you, Cliff? And it's uh, it's playing all sorts of tricks. It is. It, it's including just smaller. starting when you're not ready. And my finger was uh, wobbly on the trigger. <laughs> Itchy trigger finger. Uh-huh. If it was that a good, you'd be shot. Yeah, it would be. It would be. Yes, I'd be dead. Uh, and I'm Brett, by the way. Uh-huh. That's me. One of the reasons I'm confused is because you've got a T-shirt just saying Stephen King. So <laughs> <laughs> It is based on the book by Stephen King. Can't see that bit. I thought it was just uh, like a name badge. Yeah, okay. could be. Could be. What, uh, you got uh, any writing on your T-shirt today? Or is it no, just it's plain black. Sick of is getting it? abuse. <laughs> I'm just wearing black clothes and the hope I'll fade uh-huh. in the background. That could happen. That that's always been my plan. Mm-hmm. So there. Is uh-huh. that a bare leg you've got? No, it isn't a bare leg. It's me own. <laughs> um, it, I do have the grey trousers. Of course. Of course. Oh, and a foot you, there. Abuse, All right. No socks. And a foot. Yeah, I also have feet. And uh, no socks. I hate socks. I don't like things or people touching me feet. Nothing to show you, but the floor will touch your feet if you've got no shoes on. Is that all right? Yeah, ca- carpets are all right, though, aren't they? But you've got, I mean, I you didn't haven't got carpets. carpet in every room, have you? Mm-hmm. Carpet in every room. It's carpeted oh, throughout, apart from the kitchen and well, that the, was the, room. the bathroom. That was the room I was referring to. <laughs> was it? Hey, uh-huh. did your when you were a kid, Cliff, did your um, bathroom have carpet? I think it I think had... I might, I might have. I know, but there's like there was Lino, wasn't there? Before he Lino? became big in the Thundercats, he used to do <laughs> a canny floor. <laughs> he used to do a canny bit of flooring. No, I'm sure we had a carpet in uh, in one of our bathrooms, which yes, you know me, me is a terrible error. My mum and dad have it? a carpet in theirs. Do they? Mm-hmm. I mean, they obviously must be very careful in the bathroom not to splish splash around. But they're adults, right, so. Brett. You know. Well, there you go. <laughs> do you so not do a bit of splashing? I'm, I'm always sitting down. I've told you before. Oh, yeah. Sitting down, yeah. You've got the, what's that thing called that you, you have in the bathroom? Shatoff or something. Shatoff. Oh, the Shatoff. The Shatoff, yes. I don't, I can't use it. I, uh, I can't use it. Oh, 
I wouldn't either. I didn't. I, either. I just can't use it. It makes an almighty mess. I'm not. And there is <laughs> splish and splashing when that goes on. See exactly. I knew that was going on. I well, everyone, I'm, people are like, I can't believe you don't know how to use it. But I'm like, but how? It's just a hose that you press a trigger and it fucking blasts water uh-huh. in your ass. Like, how do you do it so it doesn't go? Anywhere? I don't know. Is it like the two shells in Demolition Man? It's a little bit like, like that. Yeah, that's what I think yeah. of every time I see it. Uh-huh, it is. Well, yeah, hey, I, Brett, I, I, what? I saw that you were uh, angry at something knocking angry. nostalgia the other day. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was Luke sent something, didn't he? Some, he was some... more angry. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was angry. Angry enough to send it to her. So, yeah, some some knobhead just saying, oh, it's dangerous or something. Not Nostalgia's dangerous. Well, fuck off, man. I know, but, like, you, you just don't need to engage with those accounts. That are just I didn't make, engage with it. That stuff. I didn't. It looked sent it, so I, I thought I'd reply. All I put is, what a load of shite. Uh-huh. Well, I've been getting more nostalgic. Yeah. It, I mean, everything, everything was better before. Well, I don't necessarily agree with that, but the, that's not what well, nostalgia is. Nostalgia isn't thinking it was better before. It's like having a fondness it's for something back. that you remember, like yeah. from previous times. Like uh-huh. I don't think it's saying, "and that was better, so let's do it again." It's just that feeling that you're you might. It was be better. better let's do it again. No, it's not. But uh, who are these Nazis who feel like they can dictate? What people should be thinking of. I like the future as well, Brad. Do you? It's, it's bleak, isn't it? Is it? To be I think of like robots and flashing lights and that. Yeah, but they'll come eventually. It'll be good for a bit, but then they'll start to like you know touch me feet and not we like that. <laughs> yeah, those feet touching robots. That's the first thing uh-huh. I'll teach a robot to do. <laughs> the, the rest world for you. That was that was what happened. <laughs> And they would, you know, get the fuck off us, man. Oh, wait, man I, paid, I, I paid for a prosa robot. <laughs> no, no, protection one. I don't. Want, I didn't want a poor one. <laughs> hey, uh, now what's the final season of Westworld uh, recently? Oh, it was rather oh, yeah, it's gone downhill. <laughs> I don't think I finished the third one, but maybe I did and just forgot all about it. Um, yeah. It's not a good it wasn't, it wasn't good, was it? Like, it, no. But Brett it, it entirely changed what it was about. <laughs> I know. We really have. I mean, the get first them, two series, they were good. I like the, the first two. Get them back in the fucking game, game zone. Yeah. Thing. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just got... It was just but if terrible. you think about the Crystal Maze, they had loads more zones they could have done. Yeah. <laughs> They definitely did. Even in the Westworld film, there's different. There's the medieval world, isn't mm-hmm, there? Exactly. We didn't see that. And also, yeah. they made the mistake of having that fella from Breaking Bad in it, who is really <laughs> not very good. <laughs> yeah, that, that was an error, wasn't it? That was an error. <laughs> and uh, also, what's that lass's name who's in it? The one who Marilyn Manson abused. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's uh-huh. not how she should be defined, but I can't remember no. her name. Uh, I can't remember her name. But she was no, good when she was playing a robot, wasn't she? But when she was meant to be human, she was quite robotic. Was she, was she meant to be human? I can't well, remember. Well, I don't know what happened, but, you know. Nah. But it's, yeah, I, mean, I think she's quite a good actress. She's 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 very good, but 
you know, Rachel something, is that what her name is? Rachel Evan Wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeffrey Wright was good and everything, but then there was yeah, too many good. versions of him. <laughs> and, and he can see all eventualities or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's very confusing. It, it was confusing, but I think at the first series, you felt like it was like worth it. But mm-hmm. then by the third one, I was like, this isn't, no, it's yeah, not, it's not it. fun it's anymore. Not it. It's not fun anymore. Hey, I watched a good film. Okay, go on. Cliff, I watched a good film on YouTube um, oh, from 1976. No, it wasn't Psychos. It was <laughs> a film, a horror film called Alice, Sweet Alice. Very good. I, I like the sound of it. Uh huh. About a, a murderous child who wears okay, a mask. Okay, where's it from? What's it all about? It's it's uh, it's really good because in the end you still don't really know what's going on. Different things could have happened, and it's okay. up to you to make up your own mind. So why but, is it on uh, YouTube? I don't know. Oh, there's there's a load of films on YouTube, so I, I decided to watch that. Hey, I, you know how you were talking about like um, you know VHS covers and stuff like that. And uh-huh. were great, especially the horrors. Yes. Well, it was Critters, one, especially. Critters, yeah. <laughs> well, it was one that used to freak us out, and it wasn't Hellraiser because that used to freak you out, wasn't? Wasn't it? Yeah, I didn't like. But that. it was a film called The Stuff. The Stuff, right? The Stuff, yeah. And on the cover, this man's face is like melting, right? And uh-huh. I watched that yesterday as well. It's about a yogurt that takes over the world. <laughs> I like the sound of that. <laughs> it's it's it, it, one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time. So is that your film recommendations for the last two weeks? Yeah, watch Alice, Sweet Alice, because it's a bit nasty. And so horrible. is it like a British film, American film? Is there anybody American. you should know? No, nobody that you'll recognise is in that film at all. Mm-hmm. It's a, a cult favourite, though, is Alice, Sweet Alice. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want a bit of a laugh, why don't you go out and watch The Stuff? The Stuff, okay. You want to hear about the two films that I watched? Go on then. Well, one of them was uh, Brandon Cronenberg's Infinity Pool. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I was going to watch it. Have you heard? And then it? I read about it. Well, I read a little. I read what it was about, and I thought, Nah. What did I'm you read? Like, this. can you can you do a mini synopsis of what you read, <laughs> and I'll tell you what it was actually like. I, I, I read there was pissing involved and. Penises and stuff like that. A lot of penises, yeah. That's not why a I don't like. A lot of penises. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I didn't like his previous film. What was his other one called? Possessor. Uh, Possessor. I didn't I quite like, like that. that. And that. I quite like that. I didn't. And uh, so that pours off, you know. If I didn't like his first film, which is supposed to be better than this one, this oh, one is horrible. Absolutely horrible. horrible. Disgusting. Horrible. Not enjoyable. It's a type of film that when I was 20, I would have loved. Uh-huh. I loved. I would have definitely said I loved it. Uh, yeah. And I would have like really wanted to get involved in it. But now, nah, no, absolutely no chance. It's, it is awful. Just, it's a it, nasty, it's a horrible, awful, watch. horrible watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's I about, don't like that sort of stuff. Also, Infinity Pool sounds nice, doesn't it? Does sound nice. <laughs> uh-huh. um, I'd, like, I'd like to be in one. An infinity but pool. I don't think I've ever been. Not in this one. kind of infinity pool, which is nothing no. like what the brochures would lead you to believe. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, it's what's his name? It. Scott. I thought God. it was his brother. 
it's one of them. I don't know, one of them. True he's blood, the one that's in, he's the one Tarzan. that's in succession. Yeah, it, it's the, the more Tarzan handsome one. one, the true blood one. Yes, okay, yes, it's him. And mm-hmm. uh and the lady who's his wife in it, I can't remember what her name is. And they're yeah, in you some... can because you like her. Well, no, because it's a different woman. No, it's a different woman. Oh, it's a different uh, woman. Okay. And they're in some kind of White Lotus kind of resort. We've talked about White Lotus before. So they're in some this kind of resort, but they're not allowed off the properties. And also it's uh-huh. a bit weird when they're bringing you the dinner, they've all got these horrible, grotesque masks on. Um, uh-huh. They're not meant to go out of the boundaries of the uh, place, of the resort, but they meet a couple of like quite flirty uh, strangers, a couple that convince them to do so. One of them is Miss Mia Goth. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. So they go out for a barbecue on the beach. She wanks Scar's guard off when no one's watching. Uh, you don't see the wanking, but you see the spunk hitting the rocks. That's a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, you know, like not all's quite right with them, and they, you know, we shouldn't be out here. On the way back, they run someone over, Brett, and that couple are saying, we just need to hush this up. Like, no good will come of it. This is an island where you'll get in the bother. They'll just kill you. Mm-hmm. You'll never be right. seen of again. Anyway, the police do come anyway. They decide to like just brush him off to the side of the road, this poor fella. The police do come to arrest him. And the police have got some kind of pact with uh, the, um, the embassy of the US or whatever, wherever this island is, where instead mm-hmm. of killing him, what they'll do is clone him and then the uh, the bereaved family have the chance to kill the to kill him, but they'll clone the, him instead, so they'll kill original the original one. Oh, yeah, so they'll so kill they the, clone. the one who's done well, the original crime. A little bit like you kind of don't know yeah. whether which one's which, right? And what happens is this happens, and then he falls in with this crowd that just do this for a living, like this is their entire life. They go and commit uh-huh. crimes, get a clone kill them so they're doing they can do anything they want because they're just in this cycle uh you know what it's, Cliff, it's it awful. sounds like a, a bit of a waste of time that it was it? A, yeah even that last two minutes was a waste of time <laughs> <laughs> but then I well, why why go to the lengths of cloning someone if they've made a a, a terrible mistake just some so kind they can of kill reciprocal agreement with the embassy <laughs> it's, it's fucking stupid <laughs> isn't it honestly it's well, horrible uh, well, well pile of shit that's it's horrible like. Um, I won't be watching that. But what I would what say. What else did you watch? Well, uh, and then I became a, the the high point of that film was the lady Mia Goth, who yes. seems to be a bit of a rising star. And uh-huh. I've noticed there's a new film came on out starring her called Pearl, which is my daughter's. Yes. Name. But it it's is. a horror. I haven't seen that one yet. And it looks a bit nasty, so I haven't watched it because I don't <laughs> know if I want to associate that with that uh-huh. but the the fella's previous film called x came out last year yes. and that's also got me i got in it have you seen that i have seen that yes well, so that I was the second film one. i watched this week what do you think of that one uh, i i enjoyed it i thought, it was I thought good. that was great i really is, is it the one. old couple with the old they're making a porn a, a horrendous old couple the old couple are <laughs> making a porn. they're quite angry that there's a porn yeah yeah, yeah but the, the <laughs> mia goth and her group are making a porn aren't they? Mm-hmm. it's set in the 70s yeah. filmed like the 70s like in mm-hmm. a little bit kind of uh texas chainsaw massacre kind of style slash typical 70s porn style that you would imagine that the tropes are 
um, uh-huh. yeah, and they're staying on a farm where they're going to film this porn. Uh, but the old couple that run the farm are uh, fucking murderous creeps and also per- perverts as well. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed I that it was one. Great. That was really, really good. Uh-huh. It was. I, I did enjoy that one. I, I, so I'll watch that Pearl one because apparently it's a prequel in some way. I, I was reading Oh, is it? Okay. Well, Mia Goff so. also stars in that. So yes. I was talking to Mark Dillon, who's been on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm about him coming back on actually and I told him I'd watched both of those films and he was like oh, I'm desperate to watch Infinity Pool I was like well no however Mia Goth is like standout and he was like don't get started on her I'm obsessed with her I was like right you're in so <laughs> uh, and he loves X as well so we were talking about that for a while but he hadn't seen Pearl either so uh, mm-hmm. yeah uh, just great like I thought that was just clever stylish a bit different uh, I loved it. Took all of those nice yeah, bits of those seventies horrors that we've watched and talked about on here, and like give it a bit of an ironic kind of, like, yeah, look at a it. bit grindhousey as well in it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, mean? so I like that. Uh huh. It's it um, is good. I tell you what else. Too. From goth to moth. Ooh. Um, I ended up with a massive moth in my shirt the other day, Brett, and that was scarier <laughs> than either of those films. Was it eating your clothes? I could feel it like flickering away. It was horrible. It was oh, horrible. I don't really. I don't like moths at all. I hate. I mean, I, the like they're things. probably my worst animal. Very powdery wings. Some of them. Very powdery. <laughs> well, Have I you was, noticed that? I don't like it at all. Like I hate everything about it. I was felt sick to the core, but I was in public, uh, and I couldn't freak out as much as I really wanted to. So I had to try <laughs> and hold it together. But let me tell you, Brett, I will probably never sleep ever again as a result of the interaction. <laughs> I saw it flying around and it went past me. And then I've just felt like being kind of like flickered in, in me. Oh, See, real life reality is far more terrifying than any of these horror films mm-hmm. that we could watch. Just get a moth in your top. That's all you need to do. But there's some good news, Brett. Mm-hmm. You That's good, was it? You know the ads that everybody hates? Uh-huh. Well, we've made $50. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. How the how how's that come about? Like just because like the ads of that. <laughs> I don't know. I do, how does that work? It's as as yet unknown how we reclaim the money. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, that that is good news. I, I mean, we don't know how it works, how it's happened. No, but there you go. Well, it'll pay for us paying for this. So you know, uh, exactly. Well, that's exactly. Good. So that's a bit that of good news, isn't it? It is. I'll I'll tell Wallace. Hey, that's the first time this podcast made any kind of money. Yes, it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> there uh-huh. you go. Instead of just it cost us money and time and stress most of the time. <laughs> but when we do it, yeah. it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, that is the way. Also, I've I've been getting a little bit like I was saying, like I've been getting a bit nostalgic. Mm. You think you get you get more nostalgic as you get older? I guess you've got more of the past yeah, to look well, back yeah, on. You, I suppose that is that is definitely true. You've got you've got more to look on, haven't you? So but I think what, that is a big part of it. But what I've been getting into is stuff that uh, I remember kind of subconsciously from being a kid. Mm-hmm. And you're probably the same. In fact, I know you will be. We used to go out in the car. Me, mom and dad would always have tapes in. But it was always like, whatever, like love hits from 1985 or whatever. Or the best of Elton John. And, you know, that kind uh-huh. of the now record, the now tapes and stuff would have been. Jive Bunny. You know, 
obviously Jai Bunny, but that's just my thing. Uh, so I started getting into loads of 80s stuff that I'd always thought was like super cheesy and like didn't like before. But now if it comes on, now I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. In particular, uh-huh. Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears. <laughs> Can't get enough of it. Well, <laughs> well, my son has uh, brought us to the fact that uh, Noel Gallagher said that uh, Tears for Fears were the greatest 80s band. Apparently. Have you listened to albums and stuff? And I haven't listened to the one that that's on. What's that one called? The tears. Is it on the, the hurt? Main one? I think. It's not on that. No. What's the what other one? On the one after it. I can't remember. I'm only like just getting into it, really. But uh, are you? But well, I think yeah, because I mean, they I've, brought an album. I've heard the greatest year. hits, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a lad at work who uh, who went to see Tears for Fears. Yeah. Or so he thought, and uh, okay. he turned up at the the festival or whatever, and Tears for Fears had cancelled at the last okay. minute. So I think Lisa Stansfield or someone came on. He was devastated. It's not like for like, is it? I don't mind no. Lisa Stansfield, but it's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> I think he got his money back in the end. But it's, well, yeah, it's not like... They brought out an place. album last year, and I think I read a few interviews with them, and I always remember them, because they were massive in the 80s, weren't they? But they were kind of mm-hmm. on that cusp between cool and pop, I suppose. Oh, shit, I've just been attacked by a bird. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's all kinds of stuff at play here. You love um, the wildlife, you don't you? No, I, I mean, they're attracted to you. You're a bit like a, a thin Bellotti, aren't you? Did somebody told us I was like a scarecrow before, so I think it might be that. <laughs> <laughs> well, why did they? the opposite, wouldn't it? They keep away from me if you're a I'll stick with thin Bellotti. A failed scarecrow and a thil bin Oddy. Thil bin Oddy. Anyway. Uh, you were talking about TSF. Tears for Fears, yeah. Well, I've, I've just like there was some really, really good interviews last year. Uh, the, the some of the stuff that they've been through, what the new album was about, just really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. so I've watched a few like live concerts and stuff like that, <coughs> excuse me, and uh, started listening to them a bit more. But that song, which was absolutely massive, obviously, when we were kids. Yeah, and I'd never really listened to it properly because obviously it's just one of those that you know, a bit like Hey Jude, like you just know it. Um, but I've started listening to it properly in the last week or so. It's absolutely amazing song. Like it's it's brilliant. Like yeah, listen to. I it. mean, there's there's a lot of connections with the Oasis and stuff. I mean, they're two brothers, aren't they? For a start, mm-hmm. are they? Uh, yeah, I'm sure the brothers them too. One's called Roland Olazabal, and one's called Kurt Smith. So I'm not sure they're brothers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, are, they look they look exactly alike though, don't they? I guess so, but I don't think they're brothers. Unless they're you like know, step brothers. I, I, I thought they were brothers. Anyway, and the other thing that Lennon said was that uh, Noel Gallagher said that Shout was the best song of the 80s and they it's were a the good best song. band. It is a good song. It is a good song. But yeah, but maybe it, it, it causes for a little bit more listening, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'll be up for it. Well, what else going on, or do you want to talk about the thing we're going to talk about? Okay, we'll just talk about the thing we're going to talk about. I'm looking forward to your synopsis of it. Well, I haven't got it. It's hard for a synopsis because it? it doesn't really exist. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm looking forward to it. It's, I mean, right. you know, overtake turns and stuff. Uh-huh. I know. What, this what is the hell suggestion. are we watching? Well, it was my suggestion because I saw it being recommended by. Uh, a fella on Twitter called Grant McPhee, who's a filmmaker. He's made some mm-hmm. amazing f- 
films about uh, Scottish music in the in the eighties and nineties. Uh, New Gold Dream and a couple of others. There's one recently. He's co-authored a book about it all as well. Everything about like kind of indie music in Scotland. He's made these amazing films about. Now follow him on Twitter. He's Seems like a really good bloke, and he's always full of suggestions for music and films and stuff like that. In particular, if you don't follow him, Brett, he's always recommending like horrors from the sixties and seventies and stuff like that. Uh, so I would recommend uh-huh. him. Um, anyway, he we'll follow tweeted, him on the Flea Circus thing, man. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Um, so he like tweeted about this, saying, "Oh, this has been off YouTube for years, and now it's back, and it's worth a watch." So I watched uh-huh. it and then suggested you should watch it. It's called Beatlemania. 1982, Liverpool and LA conventions for Beatles fans. Quite a long name. Uh, <laughs> and in fact, does the job of a synopsis. <laughs> um, so this is a, essentially a documentary looking at Beatlemania in 1982. Uh, yes. But through the eyes of people going to conventions and back to places that, you know, going on the Beatles tours that we've been to and stuff like that. Um. So yeah, it's it's like a not a fly in the wall documentary, but has lots of talking heads of people that are at these conventions in Liverpool and in LA, and that's essentially yes. it. Um, it is. And there's no voiceover it's or anything the like that. Fest, the fest for the Beatles in LA, because I'm sure they have a website and I've bought a John Lennon top off them before. Okay. And they, they were sending sort of emails and stuff like that for. For like this annual get together that they have okay. about the Beatles every year or whatever. So I think that's where it is. The fest for the for Beatles, I think it's called. Okay. Uh so yeah, I watched it and I thought it was interesting. And mm-hmm. it was clips and stuff that I'd never seen before. A couple of clips of the Beatles I'd never seen before, but also the fans and stuff. I've never seen any of these interviews before because it's from just when we were born, really. Uh, yeah. And it was like 12 years later when the anthology and stuff came out. And at this time, there was a kind of prototype anthology being worked on, I think, that never came to see the light of day called The Complete Beatles, like right. EAT Complete. Uh, uh-huh. And I could only assume that this was maybe going to feed into that or something. But I, that's, I'm absolutely guessing at that. Um, so I think oh, for me... Oh, Cliff, oh, it could have been on one of those great... Um, programs that I remember being a kid, like Arena or something. Yes, the, the, the things, bottle yeah. floating about. And yeah, that. yeah. It could, mm-hmm. it could have been on that. It had a great theme tune. Did Arena? Yeah, you can still the watch them on the iPlayer. Like the, some good stuff on there. Uh-huh. Um, but it, that's what reminds me of one of those, yeah. just like a one-off documentary on a you know random subject or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was like, I think, wasn't it? What did you think, Brett? I thought, yeah, I enjoyed anything to do with the Beatles. I'll watch. Do you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it, it was, it was very interesting, sort of, to see the fans that have grown up with the Beatles and kind of what they were like twenty years later after the fact. And I think that's and what, how, I, I what they thought of stuff, of whether they were still Beatles fans or, you know, obviously they're still Beatles fans. They're yeah. still as fanatical as they were, you know, in the sixties. Yeah. They? I think that's that what I across. enjoyed about it. Because uh, mm-hmm. normally, like, what we're used to is seeing clips from the 60s and then seeing talking heads from now, but normally of the Beatles. Like, you don't really get fan reaction that much. And this was all about those fans. But like you say, 1982, 
only 12 years after the Beatles broke up, but it's about the Beatlemania part of it. So, what, 15 to 18 years, 20 year, 15 to 20 years after Beatlemania, and these people were going to see the gigs, whether that was in a cavern or Shea Stadium uh-huh. or whatever. And I think that's what was different, was watching people who were fans, but also at this point, I guess, about 30 between 30 and 35, which is very yeah. different to watching people in their 60s going, yeah, well, you know, back in the 1960s. Before. And I thought that's what was interesting about it. It was. I mean, they didn't look like they were in the 30s. Bless them. Did no, some of them. fashions change, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> they certainly do. I don't know what that is. You look at people and, you know, they look really old, these 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 poor ladies, didn't they? But they, they <laughs> probably weren't. Yeah, <laughs> they probably were but they were, they were still sort of as fanatical as ever and and I guess it's that it's thing that you were talking about the, the start the nostalgia thing they're looking back on their young lives and, and you know and what what they used to do and the the lengths that they used to go to to sort of meet the Beatles especially the American fans who yeah. seem to have an unlimited supply of money just to do whatever they want. Either that <laughs> or, or playing fares were incredibly cheap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's, you know, we you talk about and we hear about in these kind of documentaries and stuff about the rise of the teenager from the late 50s and early 60s from Elvis to the Beatles and stuff. And it's quite hard. When we were teenagers. We had, you know, music and gigs and football and all kinds of stuff but i suppose at this point it was different but clearly on the basis of this film it was very different into america as it was in england as well like they they yeah, are living because... in a high life aren't they like in in england they're like Definitely. having to sneak out of like working down the pits and stuff to go watch them. the the impression that i got was, was obviously elvis never left you know america he never toured anywhere else or anything so that sort of teenage thing kicked off with him. And it seemed to me that the, the sort of the, the teenage thing kicked off here with the Beatles. Yeah. That was the difference. Yeah. And uh, the, of, the other thing that sort of came through on the documentary is just the fans talking is, you know, the fans in Liverpool and stuff were devastated when sort of please, please me, you know, got a number one or whatever, yeah. because they knew that were, they were going to lose the Beatles yeah. and they weren't going to be in the cavern as much. And obviously fans in America were over the moon because it meant that they were definitely going to see the Beatles and yeah. things like that. So it's like a, a, a change. So there's a difference in, from sort of, you know, Liverpool and L.A. There was a kind of loss in, in Liverpool and yeah. a, a kind of gaining of the Beatles in, in L.A. type well, thing. the rest of know? the world, I suppose. Well, yeah, definitely. I suppose they were that band that everybody seemingly went to see every lunchtime or whatever uh, yeah. for like three years or something or two years. So the realisation that actually they'd outgrown that and there was people so fanatical about them, which is what this is about, uh, is like, it's probably inevitable. But I think it's, for me, it was like, you hear that story on the anthology and, and other documentaries that have been out since, you know, the 90s to now going, oh, yeah, you know, we realised we were going to lose them and we were gutted. You're actually talking on this documentary to people who are still quite raw, like from 15 oh, yeah, years yeah. earlier. They're like, yeah, we they were, were still fucking, good, like, devastated and they're still angry or uh-huh. upset about it. 
And I think uh-huh. just that closeness is something I've never seen before, that closeness to the period itself. I think we've spoke before about the idea that, you know, we can listen to all the Beatles songs now and love them, all the albums, and we can buy them all at once. But at one point, there was people listening to them like one song at a time, one album mm-hmm. at a time. And like, we'll never yeah. have that. And like, we'll never have that idea of what it must have been like to witness them and then realize that they were gone if you loved them so much. Well, that's it. I mean, obviously, you know, if, if you are a teenage girl or whatever and you're sneaking into the cavern, like the two girls are talking about, you know, the, 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 the covering their tops and stuff, you know, the yeah. school tops and things like that so they can get in and put a bit of makeup on. Obviously, you know, the realization that they're all going to be global. You know, you, you would be good, wouldn't you? I mean, because that's saying the Beatles every lunchtime, like you say, in the cavern and stuff. And I mean, by, by this time, the cavern doesn't exist. It's been demolished, hasn't it? Yeah, and you watch it being demolished, which is just like, yeah. even, I still can never get my head around it now, but like, what a weird decision that was. To get <laughs> yeah, it's to, odd, isn't it? Like, and they're there, there's still people there to witness it being demolished, and obviously, uh, that fellow, yes, what's his called? Alan, what's his name? Alan, uh, oh no, sorry, Bob Wooler, who was uh-huh. uh, the, the cavern guy, like they're talking about it while it's been demolished. Like this, I know I, it's heartbreaking, isn't it? Like, I don't know whether to realize that. Yeah, the but time. there's I a big know. crowd of people there, there's a big crowd of people there to see it being demolished. Why is it being demolished? I don't, I don't get it. Do you know, I mean, obviously, the, the free the cavern's in a different place now, isn't it? It's yeah. not the original cabin. It's in a slightly different area. Yeah. But why did they do it? I just don't get it. Unless it was derelict or something. Well, I mean, I'm sure it was, but maybe there was just no desire to do it up or preserve it. Or there mustn't have been. But like yeah. thinking of even thinking about it in 1982, like watching this, it seems like weird that they were doing it. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure they. And they're doing it to develop it, right? Because they put that there's a like mall there that we've both been into, which is full of Beatles shops. So what the fuck? <laughs> well, I don't know. It's a strange one. And Bob was sort of saying, "Oh, we're, we're trying to find like the steps and stuff like that." Yeah, and, you he's know, saying like you can find it under preserve the, the steps. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, it would <laughs> just don't knock it down then. <laughs> yeah, that was a really weird section. I thought like watching that was strange, and like mm-hmm. you know you. We watch it with a little bit more perspective now. Going, yeah, Liverpool well, I mean, Council, or whoever me, at the time must have now. Yeah, what foolish like, decision? What <laughs> I mean, mean you've been in the cavern. I've, mm-hmm. I've been twice. I don't know how many times you've been, and it's yeah, yeah, always massively jumping and busy. It's great atmosphere, even though it's a different. It's in a different sort of area yeah, of yeah. Liverpool, not far, but. Well, just down well, the it's road, like a isn't recreation, it? isn't it, of the cavern? That's what it is. But it's, I mean, when did the cavern ever stop being busy? Or I don't get it. Maybe I don't know, but like it's, it's just like down the road, like from where it was before. So just yeah, to think it's weird. Um, it is odd. But yeah, so there's that bit. But I think like we've seen that you've seen the British, but the British fans and stuff a little bit. And uh, it's still interesting listening to those girls who are now ladies talking about what they used to do to get in there and stuff. But I feel like the American stuff is a little bit more interesting in terms of this documentary because it's a bit weirder. It is a bit weird. I mean, like I've said, they they go to a, a, you know, 
larger lengths to try and get a hold of the Beatles and stuff like that. I mean, the, the, the two Liverpool lessons that are talking, I did like them sort of having a little bit of a chat and saying, oh, remember when we saw Paul McCartney and stuff like that? And he was going at the toilet or whatever. Yeah. He, looked, he looked a bit tacky, didn't he? <laughs> he, had, he had holes in his trousers and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. There was some <laughs> think that Paul McCartney's like, like walking around Liverpool with holes in his trousers and things. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of that, I suppose. I like that uh, bit. And they're talking about it. And I seen, I saw John Lennon, but it wasn't really John that I liked. It was George, so I was a bit gutted. I saw John. But it turned <laughs> yeah, out he was a really nice look. <laughs> <laughs> I, I fainted in front of John Lennon, but I didn't come to see him. And then when I came round, it was, it was George standing in front of us. That's who I wanted to see. And I just grabbed him. And I- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I wouldn't let go. Oh, I've done oh, it again. done it again? <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Oh, we're back. We're back. Drink our fingers. I don't think I did it there. I don't know. It's you must computer. have done it. I'm very, I'm very much struggling with this new computer. I've got you to be very honest. much. Are you? I mean, Jesus Christ. In work as well. I'm not. I'm, my productivity has decreased. I just don't know how to work it. <laughs> yeah, oh, well. Well, there you go anyway. Hey, we're talking about Beatlemania and that one. Mm-hmm. We got cut off. Uh, I, I wanted to ask what you thought about two things. One, was on. a George Harrison impersonator in this? Yes. What mm-hmm. did he make of that? I had nightmares for two nights running <laughs> from the man. I mean, he, uh, he, oh, he, he's so weird, isn't he? He keeps doing like this odd George smile. 
from the 60s, yeah. doesn't he? <laughs> and it, it's really freaky. I mean, he, he does look a bit like him. He looks a I bit mean, like him, and he sounds like him at first, but then when he starts explaining how to sound like him, doesn't sound like him anymore. <laughs> he doesn't. I mean, it, it's a very odd... It, it all, what looks like is he's received plastic surgery to look like George Harrison, <laughs> that's what it looks like. <laughs> like, unwel- unwelcoming <laughs> it is well, uh, yeah. It is. Um, he looks like a, a Madame Tussauds sort of dummy. Don't get me started on Madame Tussauds. Uh, I've never been a Madame Tussauds. No, well, why would you just look at the fucking picture of the? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think I'd quite like to go. Are you allowed to touch them, Cliff? You can get inside them if you want. I think that's the can biggest. Can you put that, draw, put yeah. that face? Yeah. Extra tenor. You can get inside. <laughs> right. Uh huh. Um, I've never been. So yeah, there's Harrison fella. Have you read any of the comments under the uh, YouTube video? Hey Cliff, no, I haven't. So somebody says, "What's with that Harrison impersonator?" Uh-huh. And I'm going to read out what the reply is. I've got it right Go here. On, then. What's with that Harrison fella? I don't know if that's the voice that they use. Um, oh, where is it? I think George the voice Harrison, that they use... a George Harrison clone. And somebody says, Navigator by the Stars says, that was Danny Lopez, a very good friend of mine. And actually, that was the first that I met him. And I've now gone on to know him personally for over 40 years. He's gone on to be the world's greatest Johnny Depp lookalike these days. Look him up. He'll blow (laughs) your mind. I want to thank you for posting this footage. I was there at the Bonaventure Hotel at the Beatlefest that year. Our group, Twist and Shout, won Battle of the Bands that year. The guy after Denny that looks like Lennon, his name is Stephen Green. And the original poster, who just said George Harrison clone, Stephen Rutter, just replies saying, thank you for that information. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this George, because Johnny Depp does not look like George Harrison. So as he no. refi- as he had more plastic surgery, gonna look, then gonna look, look like Johnny now. Depp. Danny Lopez, Johnny Depp. Hey, I once met, um, I can't remember where this was, but there was a very good um, Jack Sparrow impersonator yes. knocking yes. around shields. He was yes, good. Sir, I know who you mean, yeah. Yes, this uh-huh, man has plastic. 100% had plastic surgery to look like Johnny Depp. In some pictures, he looks a bit like Barry Gibb. <laughs> you think everyone looks like Barry Gibb, including yourself, though? Hang on, what's going on? That's here? the thing. I, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. I can't see your fingering. I don't know what you, I don't know what you're up to. Hey, the Lennon one freaked us out now, to be honest. Yes, I'm going to send you a picture of this fella. <laughs> As Johnny Depp. Yes, of course, not just in his own in, life. in his own guys. <laughs> I don't know if he has his own guys. I think this is this is him. And that's the thing. At what point do you, you start losing your individuality where you're one of these impersonators? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't do I think you want embodying... to embodying I think that's the thing. You want you want to lose <laughs> that's it. the whole point. You just I want to become you, somebody you else. A picture of him, but... Admittedly, not one of these better ones. This is the one I think looks like Gib. <laughs> it looks like our good friend Dan Ward with long hair. <laughs> <laughs> that is terrible, isn't it? 
He doesn't look like Johnny Depp at all. He doesn't in that, but there are some basically there's lots of them where he's just wearing like scarves and glasses and hats. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. all of the stuff that Johnny Depp would wear that covers up the majority of his face. <laughs> the hardest thing if you were a Johnny Depp impersonator is that little beard that he's got because that's it. the picture that you've sent me, his beard is far too pronounced where Johnny Depp's sort of little tash and, you know, little goatee type thing. It's very subtle, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's I far mean, too... That just looks like... a picture it. of uh, Jeff Beck here as well. Is it Jeff Beck? <laughs> is it Jeff Beck? <laughs> or is it... Well, they were in a band together, but, weren't they? Johnny Depp and Jeff you know, Beck. You know what I mean? Like, he's dressed up as Jack Sparrow. Like, doesn't mean you look like Johnny Depp, does it? Like, that's... There's all kinds of yeah. shit goes into How, looking like Jeff Sparrow. What's the progression from Harrison to Depp? I, I don't get that. Well, here there's a picture of him dressed as uh, Willy Wonka, and that's probably the crossover. <laughs> <laughs> that's at the point where you thought, yeah, I can uh, do oh, this. Oh, look at here. There's some pictures of some little bunnies. <laughs> it does look like Wardy, though, doesn't it? A bit like Wardy. Now you said that it, one. yeah. It does look a bit like him. Well, which is good for Wardy if I was saying that he looked like, you know, it looks a bit like Johnny Depp. It looks a bit like a Johnny Depp person, isn't it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's good for him, isn't it? Anyway. And by we, extension, we he looks like Johnny Depp. Yes. So the impersonators were freaky. That is horrible. <laughs> that is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's in a razor or something. Doesn't he? It doesn't, look, it doesn't look like Willy Wonka. Oh, like a razor. But he does look like he's. In erasure. That is like not it. say Willy Wonka at all. <laughs> That's awful. That's terrible. I'm on his so, website no, now. I'm gonna try and book him. <laughs> before and he's coming to you try who do you try to book before? It was like them twins from Funhouse. Didn't even yeah. reply, did they? Or you can book him as any of the following Captain Jack, Willy Wonka, Edward Hither Hands, the Mad Hatter, John Dillinger, if you want. <laughs> Why would you want him as John Dillinger? That's rubbish, <laughs> isn't it? Just a man. <laughs> just, just, yeah, just a man. <laughs> Everyone talk keeps banging about that film, Public Enemies, don't they? It's one of Depp's best films. Have... Yeah. <laughs> I'd love people, not, not somebody who never looks... shut up about that. Not somebody who looks like John Dillinger. Why ever you got that? <laughs> Somebody who looks like Johnny Depp playing. <laughs> yeah, what well, that so stupid? <laughs> okay, now. <laughs> anyway, let's move on from Danny. He's going to have like a that's fucking a Tommy gun. Is he that it? He's got a Tommy gun and an old car. <laughs> <laughs> and an old car. It was just an excuse for him to buy an old car. <laughs> What's uh, this guy's name? Uh, Danny Lopez. Danny Lopez. I tell you what, I mean, who's good, on this? Good luck to you, Mr. About. Lopez. Kenny Everett. Yeah, Kenny Everett. That is that's actually one of the things that I didn't realise. That, well, that uh, he was made with him. I, yeah, that, I, I mean, I knew he was a DJ and stuff like that. And, and he's from Liverpool, isn't he, Kenny Everett? Mm -hmm, I think so. Uh-huh. But I never realised he was at Chase Stadium with him and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I didn't know all of that. I, I, I kind of knew, knew them, but he they knew him, but yeah. Um, so that was one that. of the surprising things for me. I mean, I yeah. I used to did you used to like Kenny Everett when you were a kid? 
Yes, because he was stupid. Yeah, I, I used to love watching and him. I think that was yeah. what was amazing about him. And I remember, like, he was just massive, wasn't he, in the 80s? My mom and dad loved him. He'd watch yeah. his show every week. I obviously remember the Beatles sketches. I remember he did, like... Uh, he was like, pretty Agony Aunt. Like, Claire Rayner, the, was she the Agony Aunt? And he used to do... Uh, like a pretend agony aunt with like huge boobs, like he was dressed up like an old woman. Um, yeah, and he yeah, swing his legs around and he's stuff. He's made Freddie Mercury and stuff. Yeah, the swinging his legs about. He was made uh, Freddie Mercury, wasn't he as well? Mates he was. Lovers. Yeah, uh-huh. but uh, uh, when he was dressed as a woman, he still had the beard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he refused to <laughs> shave off the beard. I feel like we Which need to watch really some funny because he was absolute chaos, wasn't he? I think that's what was amazing about him when we were uh-huh. a kid, like because he was just yeah. it was crackers, wasn't it? Like it was for mainstream TV, he was so off the wall and like yeah, what seemed like just daft. Uh, but yeah, it was well, which is what, you, it's what you, it's what you want to see as a kid, don't you? Someone being silly, and he uh-huh. was silly, but funny as well. I mean, he he was very funny, but this. Sort of, you know, like I say, I knew he was a DJ, but I, I had no yes. idea he was kind of following the Beatles around and he was at Chase Stadium and all that kind of stuff. With he was them. like one of the first, like, he was a pioneering DJ, a pioneering DJ, wasn't he? Like, uh, mm-hmm. pirate DJs and then Radio One when Radio One was cool and all of that. Like, he was yeah. one of the first, alongside John Peel and all of those guys that were like alternative DJs. Like, he's, uh, uh, yeah, he probably deserves. He's forgotten about it a bit, isn't he? But I feel like he should. He shouldn't be, should he? I mean, he was he was incredibly funny, and again, you know, remember him watching his show as a kid and just pissing myself laughing. Did a punk you know, character, didn't he? Sid Snot. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he was just off the wall crazy, and 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 he was funny. I loved him as a kid, like you know. So, but uh, when he first came on this documentary, I was like, "Well, what's Kenny Everett doing on here?" Yeah, I was like, "Yeah," because he's he's on for like a snippet of like fifteen seconds at the start. And I was yeah. like, "Eh, Kenny Everett." Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, so obviously, I mean, you've read Beatles books and stuff like that. I've never, no, he doesn't. I've never associated Kenny Everett with the Beatles at all. No, he doesn't really get mentioned. No, strange one, like. But it's well, interesting. Yes, so he's in it. The two mm-hmm. ladies that you're talking about, the two Scouse ladies in their blue outfits are called Alice O'Hagan and Jean Tart. They're good. Uh-huh. I like that. They, I like they their, are good. I, I do like them. They're them really too. nice. I think the stories are good as well. Um, I, th- I think the stories are obviously more intimate because, like, you know, they, they went to see, you know, the Beatles at the cabin and stuff like that. And because mm-hmm. they're in such close proximity to them and stuff like that. The, the story about they would turn up to see them and obviously there'd be like support acts and stuff like that on before the Beatles. Yeah. So all the, the lasses would have like the rollers in. And then when the Beatles would come on, the rollers would come out and all that kind of stuff. But I, I like that. That's, that's class that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I think that's great. Uh, I also like in this, there's, um, I'm not a big fan of the enemy, man. He's, I don't like him very much. Chris I must Hutchins. have bypassed him. I must have bypassed him. He doesn't really man. seem like a music journalist, so 
There we go. Tony Barrows just started there. He's good. Uh, the press officer in those days. We liked him. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, he was good. I. So there's a well, lot he's of like these... he's, he's, That guy t- who's talking about, like, you know, after <laughs> Lennon made his comment about being bigger than yes, Jesus. That's and it, stuff. yeah, yeah. And yep. it, 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 there's like firecrackers going off, and I thought that they were shot and stuff like that. And Ringo putting his symbols down <laughs> in case he had, to, you know, someone had took a pot shot up or something. Yeah, I think it's a good, it's a good interesting watch because it's just a different set of people talking about the Beatles that maybe we're yeah. used to now. And I think uh-huh. that's why I enjoyed it. And also, the other thing is when, and it is mostly ladies who are talking about, uh, watching the Beatles back in the 60s, they just, you can see it in their faces that they're straight back to being like 14, yeah. 15, 16. They're so like joyous about it all. Like it just, even though they're grown-ups now when they're talking, you can, they're yeah. just straight back to being like excited teenagers and kids. And I, that's just a wonderful thing to watch like people. Yeah. And I, that joy. You know, the, th- the thing that I was thinking about was there ever a lull, you know, in, in the sort of 80s or whatever, where the Beatles weren't quite well, I, I think popular? I mean, because the Oasis thing brought them all back, didn't it? Yeah, it coincided with the anthology, which is like perfect yeah. time. And I, I, I always thought that towards the end of the 70s, they weren't that popular anymore. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this is only from stuff I've read. Because uh, I guess all of their solo careers, apart from Paul McCartney's, was well, Lennon's was non existent, George Harrison was just not popular, Ringo was like living a different life, let's say. Um, and other than Wings, who were huge, it just wasn't a thing. So I, I was always, I always thought that towards the end of the 70s, they weren't that popular, but sadly, John Lennon died and probably reignited. Uh, yeah, like a lot of Beatles stuff. So this is just after that, right? So this is probably like peak. Well, it's just after, isn't it? It was Double Fantasy Eight, or yeah, just 81. after he died. So like, uh-huh. uh, um, 80, 80, 81, when it was, it still would have been Ryan High, and then I think all of the Beatles brought out stuff that kind of referenced Beatlesy stuff after that. So I yeah. think uh, this is probably when it was at its peak, but. I don't know. I feel like it probably died off again and then picked up again in the early 90s. Probably, you would imagine, like, you know, when like new romantics and all that kind of stuff, like, you know, yeah. mid 80s, that it might it have was sort very of much died not, off again. Yeah. And it wasn't very much wasn't Beatles music. That was the norm at that point. It wasn't like guitar y for no. piece bands. Um, but I think the the CD reissues or the first time they came out on CD was like 1987, something like that. So I think it mm-hmm. came back a bit again then because they were all released on CD. But yeah, I don't know. That's what I, I was thinking the exact same thing. Like, was were they that popular at this point? Or is it just to talk to absolute no cases who loved them? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, going back to obviously the most recent thing, is obviously you know the letter B thing that yeah. we watched and stuff, which was absolutely amazing. You know, eventually, are they going to run out? You know, are they, because you, there's only so many times that you can reissue the albums, isn't yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, they'll run out of stuff and I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, but the people talk about the Apple being like, you know, vault full of stuff, don't they? You know, well, I think there's also the worry like is a, that they're going to run out of that. I think there's a desire not to release just any old shit. I know there's a yeah. lot of uh, people kind of complain that when the new reissues are coming out, why is the only X, Y, and Z on it when we know there's all of this stuff? And Giles Martin and other people have said, well, yeah, like, we don't want to scrape the barrel. Like, we want to mm. keep everything that comes out as being good. So, I don't know. Eventually, maybe they'll just release more and more stuff and it gets worse and worse. Don't know. Anyway. I mean, they're, t- they're timeless anyway, the Beatles, aren't they? I, mean, I think so. But the, it, the thing is, sometimes, you know, you know, as kids, I think, you know, people need a bit of a jolt and a bit of a reminder or whatever it, comes back, it? it always comes back i mean there's probably people watching that let it be who are 20 years younger than us which means mm-hmm. in 20 years time there'll be people 20 years younger than them discovering stuff so yeah i think that's the thing it's not like it's going away is it it's still there oh no it'll no, be available I mean, so mm-hmm. i think it'll still work would you like a quiz oh yes well, I surely I would. Quiz. what's so, it about though it's in keeping with uh, the Beatlemania theme and Chase Stadium. I've got a uh-huh. quiz about record attendance concerts. <laughs> <laughs> when you said it's in keeping with what we we're just talking about, it's got nothing to do with that. I said, it's busy no. concerts. <laughs> busy concerts. All right. So let's go then. Well, there is, let's you go. know, there is. Your last question. I'll, I'll out take of the five. For a clip, yes. Okay. Right. So we're talking about concerts, single night concerts. So we're talking right. about the attendance and one night for a single artist. So not a festival, not uh-huh. whatever. Like so, a gig by one person, and we're only talking about people and bands that have had more than one hundred thousand people in the audience. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a whole. There's a majority of these in Argentina. A lot of them are in Argentina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great, go on. <laughs> <laughs> or Mexico. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a good. There's Leeds is in there. Prague's in there. Right. You know, there's a, a full. The full. Over a hundred thousand. Right. Come on then. More than one hundred thousand people. Right. So, here's a nice easy one for you. To start with, which band sold 125,000 tickets to see them on two nights in a row at Nebworth Park in Stevenage, UK? Well, I think that might be Oasis. It was Oasis, yeah. So there you go. They come about in the middle of this list. Right. Yeah. So Quite a feat, though, isn't it? Quite a feat. Amazing. I remember being really annoyed that Robbie Williams broke that record, but really, it's the same attendance. He just did an extra night. <laughs> like, yeah. this is I'm, I'm night. very, I'm just very annoyed with Robbie Williams. Also, so happy like eight me like... years later. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway. see, there's a, a you don't get the uh, adverts from over here, do you? No. He sings on a cat advert now. Does he? Robbie Williams. That I mean that's that I mean he should have started off like that. He should have just remained at that level. I feel he? like he's uh I feel like he's a troubled man, to be honest. So that you was 120 
Uh, yeah, there's 125,000 people at that. We're only going to go up, Brett. So that's your lowest attendance, okay? Right, okay. Keep that in mind. Keep mm-hmm. that in mind. I will. Um, we move forward. Mm-hmm. In time. No, backwards in time. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> I don't know whether I'm coming. <laughs> yeah, backwards and forwards. Uh, in, on the 18th of June, 1983, Ooh. these... Glam, rock, shocker, America, rock band took their Creatures of the Night tour to the Maracanã Stadium in Rio de Janeiro with 137,000 people watching them. Creatures of the Night? Creatures of the Night. Glam rock? Well, American (laughs) rock face paint. Is it a... <laughs> right, well, you've just given it away there, haven't you? Is 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 it uh, Gene Simmons and Kiss? It is Gene Simmons. It's just called Kiss, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know it is. I know it's just called Kiss, but I thought I'd just you know he's the main guy, and he apart from the cat. Well, I prefer the Star Child, but okay, is that the right. cat? Yes, we move forward to... No, he's the one with the star on his face. Uh, Who's the cat, then? Ace Freely? No, he's probably not that one. I think it's the drummer. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Right, here we go. This is an interesting one in history. Mm -hmm. The 19th of July, 1988. This American superstar... Played to 160,000 people in the Radrenbahn Weissensi in East Berlin. Any ideas who that might be? Just before the wall came a-tumbling down. That is an odd one, isn't it? So it's a solo artist, is it? Who was Mm. previously in a band? Well, with a band. With a band. Is it Ozzy? No. It's the Tunnel of Love Express Tour. Any ideas on that? No. Sounds like a porn. It's uh, Bruce Springsteen. Played Is it? In East Berlin, I think he was the first rock star to play there. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, 160,000 people went to see him. And he said he Jesus. was confused by the experience. So I read a little bit about that. Quite interesting. Uh, but yeah. Let's say, did he play for like 10 hours in that? <laughs> He's still playing that. So, uh, <laughs> the wall came down while he was playing. People, people got his money. That money's worth, didn't they? <laughs> trying to get escape. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. <laughs> get us out of here. <laughs> right. I think that's number three. So let's mm-hmm. go. The top band, I'll tell you who the, the biggest gig is, but we'll never get these two. But on the 16th of January, 1988, this lady. It's a good year for attendance. It is, isn't it? It? Fuck. Mm-hmm. Good attendance, 1988. People must have had some <laughs> extra cash in their pockets. <laughs> this is also at the Maracanã Stadium in Rio de Janeiro. Right. And it's mm-hmm. a lady artist on the right. Break Every Rule World Tour. And I think somebody. It's got to be Tina. It is Tina, yes. And you know who would have been be. on that tour, don't you? Yes, John Miles. John Miles would have been playing the guitar, wouldn't he? Yeah, he would have been. Mm-hmm. So now, the top 
artist of people that we know who they are. Uh, right. On the 20th of April, 1990. Ooh. Played in front of 184,000 people. Also at the Maracanã Stadium at Rio de Janeiro. Um, right. Let me I'll, guess. Just, I'll tell you the name me, of the tour. Can I guess? Okay. Is it Queen? It's a solo artist. Queen oh, is in the list. Artist. Queen played 131,000 people at Sao Paulo. So they were just in the wrong city, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> it must have been, huh? A female solo artist. No, no, this is a 90- man. A man All right. uh, I'll tell you the name of the tour and then see if you can get it. The name of the tour is the Paul McCartney World Tour. <laughs> <laughs> is it Linda McCartney? <laughs> Linda McCartney's on there. In the band, yeah. yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, Mark, I think yeah. you've given it away. Yes. Mm-hmm. So he's at the top of the list, is he? Yeah. Uh, well, he's, to on the top, like... he's on the top of the list of people who we know who they are. <laughs> there are... So when you say like this, uh, like people who we don't know, yeah, who are these people? So in 1999, mm-hmm. somebody played to a crowd of 200,000 people in the Japanese city of Chiba, which I have to say I've never heard of. And that right. was a band called Glee. Literally right. no idea who they are. Japanese rock band from 1988. There are, yep, a rock and pop band who obviously Glee. are massive in Japan called Glee. So that, that's mental. So there's also three more ahead of uh-huh. that in Belgrade, 2005. 220,000 people. A Yugoslav rock band called Bijelo Dugmi, the most right. popular band ever to exist. These, these, uh, especially the Yugoslav uh, uh-huh. numbers have been doctored in some way. <laughs> but also, I'm looking at the cover of these fellas' album, and it uh-huh. just makes me want to go to this thing. <laughs> Looks fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to listen to that. Uh, so yes, there's is, a third is the pyrotechnics. Tour. I would imagine so. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> also playing at 220,000 people in Modena in Italy was Vasco Rossi, also known as Vasco or the nickname Il Blasco. Um, singer, songwriter, and poet. So, and poet, he played. Do you think two, he did a bit so, of poetry to 220,000? Sometimes he just sang without the band on stage. <laughs> <laughs> But hey, listen to this. Yeah, go on. In Olivaria, in Argentina, takes the top spot. Obviously, obviously. (laughs) Playing to 500,000 people, which is not possible. Half a million people. (laughs) Not possible. It It is Indio Solari, an Argentine musician and singer. The leader of Patricio Re Isus Redondito Stil Ricotta between 1976 2001. Yeah. What? There he 500, is. 500,000 people. people. <laughs> How can you fit a 500,000? That's not that. Described that's as being rock, alternative rock, hard rock, and post grunge. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's insane. How can you police? People, where are they? Like, what's this? Yeah. The Parajitos Bravos Muchachitos. 
Hey, the orgies love a gathering, don't they? They <laughs> do, don't they? I'm sure the Rolling yeah. Stones are always there playing in front of fucking hundreds of thousands of people. Well, it is. Uh, it's always ACDC and uh, bands like that. The old it? bands, in, in isn't it? Aires, aye. <laughs> like the old hard rock and stuff, which I, don't know, I love. But The only other person I didn't touch on bands. there, and I call, this is the one I think is the least believable of all of them. On the 26th mm-hmm. of January, 1980, also in the Marikina, as they say on ITV Sport, Frank Sinara played in front of 175,000 people. <laughs> I did it my way. Just singing. Everyone just sitting down. <laughs> what they did. <laughs> Miserable songs. Hey, I went into Lennon's room and he had Frank on. And I was like, what are you listening to this for? It's fucking, it's mint, this, isn't it? What was it? I, I can't remember what he was listening to. It wasn't a song he even recognised, but I don't know. He's been listening to a lot, a lot of Frank Sinatra. So. Well, here's, a, here's something, a recommendation for him and you. And I'm not mm-hmm. the only person to know of this album, but it's getting a little bit of a uh, reconsideration recently. There's an album called Watertown, uh, and it's a concept album from the 60s. Uh, and it's brilliant, but obviously not normal in keeping with the normal Frank oeuvre. Uh, I massively recommend that. So if if Lennon is into it, tell him to have a look at that one up. I think he like it. Right. Oh well. Yeah, he is. I, th- I think he just likes. He likes what he likes because of more Lennon, doesn't he? Do you know I can't I mean? see a thing now. You look. You in a complete. I've gone. <laughs> <laughs> I've just noticed that there's a like a, a reflection from the mirror that of looks like moon. an owl's eyes. It's like <laughs> just like a moon on the wall. It's very disconcerting. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I am completely naked. I, I'd like to ask. You're taking your well. clothes off. I'll be okay. I have, yes. Um, right. Well, that's the quiz. I think you did all right in that. Um, I think I did all quite right. Quite interesting. I, I hope. Uh, <laughs> It was. It was. I enjoyed it, Cliff. I did. I Do you enjoyed want to know what, so. what the first gig to reach 100,000 people was? Go on, then. It was. The Grateful Dead in 1977 in somewhere called English Town, uh. New Jersey. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like... You know, the, the one of those bands that you'd stick in with the touring bands, wouldn't you? Surely Pink Floyd have got to be in there somewhere, haven't they? Uh, when Bumpy, uh, another played in Prague 1994 on the Division Bell tour, 115,000 mm-hmm. people apparently. That's their record. Um, uh-huh. there's another section of this which is like free concerts. All of these are actual concerts people have paid for, but. Apparently, 3.5 million people went to see Jean-Michel Jarre in Moscow in 1997. (laughs) (laughs) 3.5? The same number that went to see Rod Stewart on Copacabana (laughs) Beach in 1994. (laughs) 3.5 million. That must be for the whole tour, surely. How is that That must be. I mean, I I quite like Jean-Michel Jarre. I like his stuff. My dad used to listen to it a lot. And but there's not even any words. There's not. Hey, there's a lot of owls on one of his covers. <laughs> a lot of owls, yeah. I like them. <laughs> I'm not going to knock them. I tell yeah. you what, on the same vein, I also like Vangelis. Oh, uh-huh. I like, I like Vangelis as well. 
I used to I used to listen to a lot of just what my dad used to listen to. And he used to listen to Jean-Michel Jean and you know Oxygen and stuff like that and Van Gelis. And also it, it was like themes from films that I'd seen. So you know, I used to like it all. Okay, good. What themes like uh Beauty and the Beast and stuff like that? Like Van Gelis did who did uh, that running one, isn't it? Where they've got corns for legs. Carries the fire. <laughs> yeah. The bit Which of, I used to get confused together. with Ben Hur when I was a Did kid. you? It's a bit odd that uh, I just I, you remember the Reeves and Mortmo one where he's got corn corns <laughs> <Sorry> for <legs. laughs> David Putnam, that wasn't it, Terry Sophia. Sort uh-huh. of brought the UK film industry to its knees, that film. That's did it? But that's for another time. Um, we have some music, don't we? Also we, in we the, do. Also in the synth pop electro genre. We do indeed, yes, uh uh-huh. We'll have uh, an artist we've had before. So yeah, I like yeah, oh we've had uh, it's the Mao experiment. We've had them before. It was a long time ago. It was a while ago. And obviously, you being a cat lover, you'd like this uh, the, the name of this song. It's Cat Caves. I, I absolutely love this song, but I've got one criticism Mao experiment. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be longer, much longer. <laughs> I think I could listen to this for nine minutes, but it's, yeah. over, it's very brief. It, it, yeah, well, it's a, it, you know, it, it's the three-minute pop song. I, I know, I agree, and, rule, and I loved it? it, but I was just, I was just, I could have just kept listening to it if it had been no longer. It was one of those songs that I thought I could have lost myself in for a bit longer. So I loved it. Maybe there's really an extended it. version out there. If there is, let's know. send it. Let's hear it. I like it. Uh-huh. Give us a twelve. Did, hey, did you cut like it? I listened to it on my headphones, so I don't know. Did you? Do you not put the headphones on the cat to see if the cat like it? No, I try not play music when the cat's around since the Pink Floyd uh, experiment went hideously wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what happened with the Pink Floyd experiment? It's ter- there was a terrible discrepancy. Um, <laughs> but anyway, well, that's it. Let's listen to it and we'll see you next time with uh, Alice Loves Alice or whatever it is that you want to do. I, th- I think we should do the stuff because it's funny. Okay, I'll have a I'll look out for it. Is that on YouTube as well? No, that's not on YouTube. That. Well, I'll but, see uh, if I can you know, find it. See if you can find it. That you'll you'll it, it reminded me of the uh, season of the witch. Remember the okay yeah. three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a bit like that. So. Right, nice one. All right then. Well, let's listen to the music and we'll see you next time. Yes. Thank you very All much. All right. Bye bye. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Without my truth under the burning sun Without a memory that feels like one That takes me back to the time long ago That takes me back to the time long ago to the cat caves where the water runs cold I've been here hours and I'm seeing lost souls Out of the cat caves Under a waterfall 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.